The reading is Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 30, and can be found on page 1105 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are on the screen now. Starting from verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord. Harry, thank you very much for reading. Uh, We are, as we're saying, working our way through Acts, uh, and we've got to this point in Acts chapter 11. Uh, So do keep your Bibles open there. Um, And shall we pray uh, as we come to it? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active and you speak to us through it by your spirit. And so we pray that you would do that tonight for Jesus' glory. Amen. Well, apparently at last Sunday evening there was a bit of a Twitter storm. Now, it was nothing to do with what happened at Platt, so don't worry about that. Uh, it was to do with uh, Dev apparently left strictly too early. Uh, and there was something to do with the last episode of Sanderton, which is some kind of period drama thing. You're all looking at me really blankly like, just like me, you have no idea what's going on. Um, no, I don't watch either of those uh, programs. Um, but the interesting thing uh, about them is, as you watch this kind of Twitter storm uh, unfold, um, was how people like to comment when things don't go as they expect. When the surprising things come along, people always have uh, an opinion. They sit up and they, they take notice. Uh, and that's a little bit how uh, the book of Acts uh, has been working. Uh, as, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, we've been through Acts, there's been a number of surprising things uh, along the way. We've seen the, the surprising conversion of thousands at Pentecost. Uh, we've seen the, the surprising persecution that the apostles faced. We've seen the scattering caused by that persecution that led to the surprising conversion of a Judean city and the Ethiopian eunuch. We've seen the surprising conversion of Saul, who was the chief 
advocate of this persecution. Uh, And last time we saw the surprising conversion of Cornelius that brought Gentiles into the church. Acts is, in many ways, full of surprises the first time you read it through. Uh, And Luke, the writer, puts those in there because he wants us to sit up, to take notice, and to talk about them. A bit like the writer of Sanderton did. You see, he's stirring his readers so that we would know what's going on and we would be sure, certain, that Jesus is still at work establishing his kingdom. And as we come to Acts chapter 11 tonight and the church in Antioch, we see many of those themes brought together. Uh, And uh, it's a a kind of coming towards the end of one section uh, of Acts. And it's like... um, Luke is trying to bring together uh, these different things um, that he's seen. Now, a bit of background about Antioch. Uh, Antioch uh, was no small place. In fact, it was the third greatest city uh, in the Roman Empire behind Rome and Alexandria. Uh, Its population was about half a million people. Uh, It was an urban center. It was cosmopolitan. It had a a mix of cultures and, uh, and religions. It was upwardly mobile. You know, basically, it was Manchester of the Roman Empire. Um, but without the football teams. Um, Now, so what can we expect when the gospel comes to this city? Well, let's have a look at it. Uh, Luke, um, sorry, Acts uh, 11, uh, verse 19. And uh, and Luke begins by uh, casting our minds back actually all the way to uh, chapter 8 and verse 1. Now, do you remember back there, there was a great persecution had, had sparked because uh, of Stephen's uh, martyrdom. Uh, and that persecution had scattered all the believers except the apostles from Jerusalem. Uh, and they'd gone out, around, traveling to the nearby countryside. But what we saw was that those who were scattered continued to preach about Jesus with great boldness. And so when we uh, reach this point in chapter 11, Luke's bringing us back there uh, and we're seeing that some of those who were scattered ended up in Antioch. Now they were, uh, as they got there, they set about their work of evangelism and continued to speak uh, this message boldly and some among the Jews uh, and some among the Greeks, which is what our first couple of verses tell us. But look down to verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. The Lord's hand was with them. Jesus is still at work building his kingdom. That's what it's saying. Uh, It's that dual work uh, of God uh, through his people that we've seen throughout Acts uh, brings about uh, people hearing about Jesus and people turning to Jesus. The gospel spreads. Uh, And it really does spread in the city. Did you see that? Uh, repeated line, um, as uh, Harry read. Uh, a great number of people. It's there at the end of verse 21. A great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. It's also there at the end of uh, verse 24, uh, where it's a great, um, uh, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And it's also there in verse 26, where a great numbers of people uh, are being taught. A great number of people. 
This is a, a new church that's been planted, and, it, and it's no small thing. A great number of people believed uh, and were taught. Uh, and we're going to learn from the example of the, uh, of the Church of Antioch two things um, tonight um, about uh, how the church, what the church did um, at, uh, even in these early days. But if we carry on the, the story, uh, picking up in verse 22, uh, news of the new congregation had reached the apostles. Look at verse 22. News of this reached the, con- the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. You see, the apostles uh, in Jerusalem, they hear this news, uh, and they look for someone, they, they, they find Barnabas, and they said, well, Barnabas, you go and see uh, what's going on up in Antioch. It, it, you know, it, it, sounds, it sounds great. Let's go and find out what's happening. Uh, and I wonder if kind of, uh, Barnabas kind of turns up in Antioch like one of those people on a kind of home improvements show. So they, they've been away for a while, uh, and they've heard some great stuff has happened to their house. But they're a little bit sceptical about exactly what they're going to find. You know, what have uh, the designers and the, the builders been up to? But as the person at Home Improvements show walks through the door, they're blown away by what they see. Isn't it amazing what's happened? And you can kind of imagine Barnabas walking in like he's walking through that door into the city of and being blown away by what he sees, what God, the great designer and builder, uh, has been doing in this city. He's glad at what happens. He endorses it, it seems. Uh, and he sets about cementing it. Do you see the end of verse 23? He's discipling them uh, all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. And it seems that that witness of that church as they do that, and, and Barnabas' own example that's mentioned there, that leads to more people coming into the church. More evangelism is going on. Because the second time um, that great number is mentioned, verse 24, is more people coming to the Lord through this church. So it tells us that evangelism was one of the key components of the early church. Speaking about Jesus boldly so that people could hear. And Barnabas, he's seen this in action. Uh, and he realized something amazing is going on. And what's he going to do? Well, you remember Saul. Saul, who, if you think about it, was the man who started the persecution that caused this scattering that meant the gospel got to Antioch. Barnabas remembers this guy because he remembers the conversion he's had. And so he goes to fetch Saul to bring Saul in to help establish this church. Saul. The guy who started it all in one way is going to finish it in a very different way. Look at verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Now just to give you an an idea, uh, Antioch and Tarsus were about 100 miles away. So this is not a small journey that uh, Barnabas uh, sets out on. But he goes all that way because he knows the strategic importance 
uh, of this church and the great work that's going on there. And he knew this new group of believers were coming together in this first church in a Gentile area. He knew that they needed discipling. So he goes to get Saul. And we see that uh, alongside uh, evangelism, discipleship, um, it looks better on my computer. It wasn't squashed together. Uh, discipleship is the other key component uh, of the early church. And it makes sense for Saul to be doing this. As we said, he was converted. And as he was converted, he was appointed by Jesus as to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Now, what we often miss is that actually his first ministry to Gentiles was one of discipleship, cementing the new church, a new church that was made uh, of Gentile and Jewish believers. That's another uh, point we don't want to miss, that um, these were people who didn't naturally hang out together. Um, but we saw last time, uh, as I said at the start, that uh, Cornelius was brought in to, to Peter's surprise, because God shows no favoritism. Anyone is welcomed into Jesus' kingdom, and that includes the Gentiles. And so what we saw uh, beginning to happen, we're now seeing a, a practical outworking of in Antioch. As Jews and Gentiles unite together in this new church. And, and, and I can only imagine that as they did this, there was a bit of confusion as kind of two cultures uh, came together. Um, you know, I wonder if there was kind of a few social faux pas that happened, a bit of awkward conversations as these kind of differing cultures had to work their, their way through together. And, and that's why Saul is the perfect person to come and teach this new church. He was a Jew by birth appointed to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And so he comes in, and he and uh, Barnabas spend a year teaching this new church. See that in verse 26? A whole year teaching them. Uh, and given what we see of a sword who becomes Paul uh, later in Acts, um, and what he writes in the New Testament, I think we can be pretty confident what he would have been teaching them, the full depths and riches of the gospel. And all its implications, that the backgrounds no longer matter, that they are now united in Christ. They are a new people, uh, and, and they've got a new vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, telling people and discipling them about him. And I'm sure as he had done that, that would have caused more evangelistic zeal, uh, and more people would have heard about Jesus. You see, the first thing, that we need to be sure of as we, uh, as we look at this example in, in Antioch is that dual work that's going on, evangelism and discipleship. And they go hand in hand. Saul and Barnabas saw that. They saw the great work that was going on and they, uh, in evangelism and they knew that these new converts needed teaching. But as sure as they taught these new converts, more evangelism was going on more great numbers were being added. And given that was the priority of the apostles uh, and the teachers and the church back then, as we fast forward to 2019, shouldn't that be the same priority for us? And we could put this uh, in a different way. Build the base and reach the city. Uh, if you're new 
uh, to Platt's, or if you're not new and somehow have forgotten. Uh, Platt's, this is Platt's uh, vision statement, uh, to build a base and to reach the city. Or in other words, do discipleship and do evangelism. That's what we're here to do, to, to build the base, to disciple people so that they developed a growing love for Jesus, a love for his word, a love for one another, and a love for the lost and needy. Reaching a city, witnessing and evangelizing to the networks, the neighborhoods that we're part of, to the city and beyond to the world. Uh, if you want to uh, find out more, there's, there's a lot more in the vision document. Um, uh, there's some on the welcome desk that you can, uh, can pick up. And it is a wonderful vision because it is uh, all about discipleship and evangelism. That's what we're here for. That's what the first church was here for. Uh, and uh, that's what we're here for. And in fact, everything we do at Platt is, is aiming to do that. Even what happens here at the evening service, every little bit of it is aiming to build a base and to reach the city. Discipleship and evangelism. Uh, and that example of the church in Antioch shows we need both. You know, as the church was planted, people needed discipleship. People evangelized because they were excited by the gospel. A church was planted here about 175 years ago nearly. We're being discipled. We're being taught. And we're going out to reach the city. It's a, it's a repeating cycle. Discipleship, evangelism. We never stop one. We're never going to finish reaching the city. We're never going to finish building this base. And it in God's goodness, I think uh, this is a great time for us to be looking at this passage. Actually, it's an important time to remember our vision um, and the biblical nature of it. Uh, as well as it being the, the time of year when lots of new people um, are arriving and there's new faces that I see around here and you want to know what Platt's all about. Well, that's what we're all about. But also, uh, Paul is seen to become rector and I'm sure we've all got ideas and expect expectations of what he should be doing as our new rector. Let's stop and take a step back. See the big picture. What are we here to do? We're still here to build the base and reach the city. We're still here to di- disciple and to evangelize. That's not going to change when the rector changes. Discipleship and evangelism are going hand in hand so that people would know Christ. So that Jesus would get the glory. And that example of, uh, in Antioch shows that that is a vision, I think, that we can all contribute to. We can all get behind. Did you notice that little, almost stray, throwaway remark at the end of verse 26? The disciples were called Christians first to Antioch. Now, not only is this a nice little fact... Uh, and who would have thought the first person who called them Christians that it would still be going on 2,000 year, 2, years later? But it tells us what the church was doing. And it tells us uh, how they were perceived by the locals. See, up until this point, um, Christianity would have, or it wouldn't even call that, it would have been considered a sect of Judaism. But when the Antioch church comes together, that's no longer possible. Because it's not just Jewish converts anymore. This is Gentile converts uh, joining together with the Jews. You know, what is this new thing uh, that has formed? And as the locals see this, this group mixing together uh, and being taught about a new religion being, and, and them going out and speaking about this new religion, well, 
they listen to what they're talking about, and it's all about Christ. It's all about this anointed Messiah. And so they call them what they are. You know, in modern day times, we've had uh, Thatcherites, and we've got Corbynites, you know, followers of Margaret Thatcher and Jeremy Cor- Corbyn. Uh, back then, they had Herodians and Caesareans, followers of Herod and Caesar. You know, all they're saying is Christians are followers of Christ. Because that is all they talked about. About Christ. That's what they were all about. That's the only thing that could, could bring this mixed group together. Christians speaking of Jesus. Speaking in Jesus in the equivalent of Manchester of the first century. Great number of people there building the base, reaching a city. There's an example for us to follow. Build the base, reach the city. But there's another thing that the last few verses uh, give us as a second uh, and much more brief um, example of what this church did. See, one of the the natural outcomes of a church uh, that is being discipled uh, and that is evangelizing is that they respond generously to what God says. Respond generously. Actually, we're going to see this uh, twice in the Church of Antioch. Next week, uh, we'll see how they respond generously through the sending of people. Uh, This week, we're seeing how they respond uh, generously uh, through the sending of financial support. So do you see what happened? Um, Towards the end, I'm guessing it is of uh, Saul and Barnabas' uh, year that they spent teaching the church. These visitors, these prophets, uh, turn up uh, from Jerusalem. Uh, And verse 28, one of them, named Agabus, uh, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. Now, Claudius, uh, if you didn't know, I didn't, I had to look it up. Uh, He reigned from uh, 41 AD uh, to 54 AD. Uh, and actually, there were several famines that happened uh, during his reign because uh, a lot of agriculture was, uh, was devastated. In fact, in uh, the year 51, Claudius uh, was nearly mobbed in the streets uh, due to the shortage of grain. And you thought Brexit was messy. But uh, it, we can't be entirely sure which of these uh, famines is being uh, mentioned here. But that's not really the point. Famines did happen, and we see that a famine did happen. But the main point uh, is how the church responds to the word of God. Because can you see, they didn't wait for the famine to kick in to respond. They hear God's word, they have faith in it, and they respond generously. Look at verse 29. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. Now, can you imagine the scene? Now, they've gathered in church uh, one day. Agapus stands up and he gives us prophecy from God. There's a famine coming. Uh, and as they watch this man who stands there from Jerusalem, their, uh, their eyes are fixed on someone they know is less well off than them. And they can't help but think of their fellow brothers and sisters uh, living over in the south down there. And let's send some money to help, someone suggests. And everyone agrees. They bring what they can. Suddenly, Treasure's got a new job, hasn't he? He's going to try and bring this all together uh, and prepare the gift to be sent to Jerusalem. 
They give what they're able to. They respond generously. It's a natural response. And we saw it actually in the Jerusalem church at the beginning of Acts, if you remember back there, uh, the way that they uh, gave to all those who were in need in the church. But not only do they send the gift, they send it with their best teachers. They send it with uh, Barnabas and Saul in verse 30. Now, you know, it's not the way that I'd work. I don't want to send Paul off to send the gift somewhere. I'd send someone else. But, you know, that's the, the natural, generous response. They, and, and Barnabas, who a year earlier had traveled up to Antioch to see what was going on. You know, he doesn't just return with the good news. He returns with a, a tangible example of how the gospel is being received in Antioch. See, responding generously is a natural outworking to the gospel. In Christ, we've been given everything that we could possibly need. So, and so we have a new mindset. Actually, it's not about keeping everything for ourselves. We now want to give things away that support other Christians, that promote the Lord Jesus. And we've seen that in our, our Reach the City efforts uh, in Platt. We've, we've sent away mission partners to other parts of the world. We've sent people to St. Martin's just over a year ago, another church down in Manchester. We, we give money to support mission here and, and around the world. See, it's not about wanting to keep it to ourselves. It's about promoting Jesus. And, the, you know, we'll all have to think about if there's more that we could do as individuals uh, and as a church. But do you see the pattern here that is laid down by the early church that is one we can follow? It's a pattern, and, and it's a motivation in the, in the Lord Jesus. That's what's driven all this, as they've, they've heard about him uh, and turned to him and been taught about him. Build the base, reach the city, respond generously to what Jesus has given us. It's a pattern we've already begun here at Platt's. Let it be a pattern. Let's pray it's a pattern we continue. Let, let's get behind this vision. Do our bit in discipleship and evangelism so that great numbers of people continue to turn to the Lord and continue to be taught of the Lord Jesus for his praise and glory. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this vision of discipleship and evangelism, of building the base and reaching the city. Uh, and Lord, we thank you for the ways that's happened in Platts over many years. And we pray that it would continue to happen through many years to come. That we'd be a church that is speaking boldly of the Lord Jesus. And through us you would bring many people, great numbers, to know him. And as you do that, may we teach them and may you teach us to respond generously to what you have given us. May we do more to promote the Lord Jesus for his glory. Amen.